Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. Welcome back, guys, to the Youth Fitness Podcast. This is going to be a U18 topic on training kids and general good works with children. Today, we're going to be talking about nutrition and how to develop a healthy relationship with food. That's our main focus when we talk about nutrition with kids, is developing a healthy relationship with foods. And all of that kind of starts with them being able to identify foods. So we talk a lot about you know, getting kids to understand what foods fall in what categories and what those foods do for our body, right? So uh, things like getting them to understand, you know, what vegetables are, what they look like, how those help their body perform, things like protein, being able to identify things like chicken, steak, fish, because children have all seen, you know, the typical American foods like uh, burgers or pizza, but showing them things like broccoli and chicken or steak and uh, lettuce it might be the first time that they've seen those things when they come to us. So starting with just identifying those foods, right? And we can do that through games. Sure. Yep, absolutely. Um, we had several games around the idea of nutrition for the younger kids. And all, all they were was to embed what is a protein, what is a carbohydrate, what is a fat, and then food recognition. Like, or alongside food recognition. So you know, there, we would draw on plates. What, what does a meal look like? And in that way, introducing to kids different foods. I, and, think, that, I think starting, I, I think even starting before that, though, was where we really saw some of this take hold. So the idea that, that a five-year-old doesn't need to know about macros. Mm. Five-year-old needs to identify, is this good for me or is this bad for me? And, or not even good for me or bad for me, but is this, can I have this now? Or can I, you know, or is this something I can, can eat all the time? Or is this something I can't? Like, Framing it more right. as this is a good, a better choice rather right. than good, bad. And I really think that came when Keegan came up with that idea of, you know, using base build boost to begin to explain nutrition. Cause, cause what we're talking about right now, that identifying foods and putting foods in things really came in that build side. And the, the base was you know, showing them the foods and saying, look, this is chicken. This is what this you, is. You can have you can have this. You can have this anytime you want. You know, mm -hmm. anytime you're hungry, you can have it. This here is a sucker. You can have this sometimes. Right. Yeah, I think so. One of the biggest things that we found in terms of you know nutrition with children is we don't want to ever take things off of the table completely. We're never telling a child, hey, never eat the sucker. Right. Never have the 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 soda. Never have you know the the cake when you're at a birthday party. Um, not only does that make kids weird, <laughs> right. but it also, what it does is it teaches them restriction to a, to a place where they feel like they're missing out. 
And when we take away things to a point where a child is missing out on those, those classic things that, that come with childhood, right? When they have the opportunity to have those things, we've found that if we restrict them too heavily, that they'll binge eat on them, right? They'll, they'll, they'll go way overboard and then they fall into the cycle of they're unable to stop eating those things. So it's never saying to the kid, Hey, you can't have a sucker or you guys should never a drink soda or you should never eat cake. It's not doing that at all. Rather, what it's doing is identifying the frequency of when food should be eaten. And that's something that I've worked with my, my daughter personally on since day one is like, hey, these are foods that we can eat all of the time. What are some all the time foods? And she, you know, will list off things like tuna and rice and, and chicken and, and steak and all of these really, you know, whole foods, nutritious foods. She'll list all of those things off and then I'll ask her, okay, and what's a sometimes food? Oh, fruit snacks. What's a sometimes food? Oh, a candy bar. Yeah. And she starts to understand like, okay, I should be eating these things all of the time. And then I should be eating these things every once in a while. So it's never telling a child, you know, you can't have these or you should never have these, but rather just identifying the frequency of when food should be eaten. We have the good fortune of having our good friend, Althea Dunbar, who happens to be an expert in this field here for some input on this very topic. Here she is. And the end result, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish with these kids? to recover from eating disorders. That's the primary focus of the, the facility is the eating disorder. Of course, there's comorbidities. So we're seeing a lot of self-harm, suicidality, depression, anxiety, body dysmorphia. I mean, all of, all of them together. What does the... I don't want to say training. That's not what I'm looking for. What is, what is like the, the, you know, for listeners, what are the concrete things you're trying to accomplish? Like our can, maybe, maybe that's too broad or too, too specific a statement, but bringing somebody back to health, mm-hmm. with all of these issues, what's that look like? Like generally for nutrition, what's that generally look like for a movement? What does it generally look like when they're trying to reenter you know, at the education system or, the, or, or even working with a family? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. Of course, there's very, you know, variations depending on patient needs, but generally, we're looking for them to have intuitive eating cues, know that, you know, all foods fit nutritionally and really omitting the good for good foods, bad foods, black and white thinking about food, restoring hunger cues is part of the intuitive eating portion of that is a lot of times those cues are suppressed when somebody is deep into an eating disorder. So they aren't even knowing what satiation feels like or what hunger feels like. They know that they are, you know, have restricted an immense amount or binged an immense amount. So it's, there's the relationship with food and the relationship with their body is really the ultimate goal to, you know, be able to be healthy in the body that you're in, be able to make healthy choices, meaning that you are having three meals a day, that you're including snacks, that you're balancing your fluids and your intake of food is, you know, you're representing every category of food. You're not omitting complete groups of food because it's bad. You know, the, the labeling from 
that we get from diet culture and then from the fitness industry as well. It goes to the base built boost model. We're building a healthy relationship with food. Mm. So we have to think about it as a process. It's not, here's all the information. Now you have a healthy relationship with food. It takes time Mm -hmm. first to understand the identification and the frequency Mm -hmm. and without negative connotation so that they don't have that binge idea that you're talking about or or feeling restricted, but creating that healthy relationship that that they can carry forward. And I know you've done this since she's been really young, but she she has all-time foods and sometimes foods. And what I find fascinating is she close to five years old now, but that she will say, I don't feel good. I need some all time food. Yeah. She, so, so she's building, not only building an idea of what these foods are, where they belong, but how her body feels when she, when Mm -hmm. she has these things. It's not that she's saying like, well, I can't have sugar any time or I can't have these things. It is, I don't feel so good. I need to have this kind of food now. And that'll let me have another kind of food later, which is, you know, I think it's, uh, it's it shows an awesome relationship to to food with her right and now. her understanding, and her understanding. Her- yeah we actually had a, a perfect example of that the other day my parents recently went on a trip to sweden and they brought home some candies that we don't have here in the u.s and they're unique and, and murphy you know really thought that was pretty cool so they had these special tic tacs that we'd never seen before and Murphy enjoys tic tacs she likes them every once in a while and so she came home the other day and her stomach was hurting. So we, you know, focused on drinking water. Water makes our, our, our bellies feel better and it helps our body overall. And so we had a little discussion about that and she was drinking lots of water and she came home and she's like, man, I really want, I really want those candies that Graham and Pappy brought me back, but I know that my Bebo hurts. And so she actually looked at me and was like, Hey, I should probably have some all the time food. And she chose rice and tuna. And so we mixed some rice and some tuna up and we put a little bit of dressing on top just to make it palatable. She recognized, hey, I should have some all the time food instead of these treats. And, and you know, that's really the goal right. overall is developing that healthy relationship and, and her, getting the kids to start to understand not just the frequency of the foods, but also how foods start to make them feel. Because she can easily identify now like, oh, you know, I'm already not feeling too good and this food doesn't make me feel good at all. I probably should stay away from it. I'm going to choose this. I'm going to make this choice. I think it's just like with the physical, you know, teaching physical movement. We see coaches kind of trying to rush through this base and build phase and kind of get to that boost phase. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to tell a child who is, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, look, this is how to control food so that you can control your, the, you know, your ability to perform on the field. That's too far. That's too advanced. Mm-hmm. What you're doing with what we're doing here with like what you're talking about with Murphy is identifying these foods early on, identifying what's good for you. And now we can sort of build on that idea of what, look, what does your plate look like? What, like mom was saying, um, what does the plate look like? What does the, you know, what's a good relationship for the, you know, for proteins on this thing? That's, you know, that middle group really isn't until we get into the teen years that they need to understand some of these other concepts about, you know, how food is going to affect them on the field or in, the, in training and things like that. Yeah. And that's that thing we talked about, right? You know, we've mentioned base, build, boost. That's just a framework for coaches to go about, you know, really any topic in in terms of of teaching fitness for children, but for nutrition, it fits really, really well. And that base is identifying foods, understanding what foods are, building upon that by learning the frequency, how it makes your body feel, and really just starting to develop that healthy relationship with food. And then boost would be the top end, right? Like, 
okay, now we need to make sure we're getting an adequate amount of protein each day. How many grams of carbohydrates do I need to, to fuel the performance that I'm, that I'm outputting? Um, what's a healthy amount of fat so that I'm not, you know, gaining too much weight. I'm not losing too much weight for my sports. So boost is, is starting to really rein in on, okay, how much the quantity of food that they're eating. Whereas before it's just, Hey, this is what food is. This is how it makes you feel. And this is how often these foods should be eaten. Right. So you can use that base build boost as a framework because a lot of times, like my dad was mentioning, coaches just dive right in and they're like, okay, you know, macronutrient counting, let's, let's start with that. But we found that to be extremely ineffective, especially when you start to look at what kids are eating currently. I know we have some, some pretty good stories on that. Yeah. I think it's really good to kind of discuss like a, a compare and contrast. So we have like a, a Sarah Sophie, a Duncan who were in our classes, you know, early on four or five years old kind of moving through the whole process, getting up in the teen years. And then they come into our class and do, into the class where Keegan and I were teaching. And uh, we would do, you know, every couple quarters, we would do like a, a food log. And you'd see these kids who had this, this understanding, this base build boost. And you'd look at their, their, they had a very well-rounded diet. So, you know, breakfast, they had this much protein. They had this much carbohydrates. They had this much fat and they kind of moved through the day. And then you'd see some kids who were even fairly high performing athletes come in and you get the food log and they, they wouldn't have any protein for three days. Yeah. You know, they had no concept of what fueled their bodies. And, um, and that was, uh, you know, it was tragic really having to kind of come back to the whole, and you had to come back then to the whole family and say, look, you got this high level uh, runner. I remember one, one of our young ladies who was a high level runner, amazing runner. And she had just taken this whole idea of carbo loading to the max. Like all I eat is carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And having come back to the family and said, no, we need to have this much protein every, every, every meal and uh, watching the struggle of that change because she hadn't really had a grounding in what, what was, what foods did and what was good for her and how to, and how to build this for her. So how do we, how do we incorporate adults, right? Like the parents into our teachings with, with kids and food, kids only have access to what either their adults, their, their parents make for them or what they provide for them in their home. Right. And so like, how do we, how do we manage that? It's like other aspects of educating the parents because the parents are the client as Mm. far as in a business relationship. Right. So the parents are the people that we have to have great communication with. So on the subject of nutrition, one idea that we found to be very successful was to have, we're going to talk about nutrition, come on in and we'll, we'll have Q and a, we'll talk Mm. about just generally in nutrition and how we're, talking about this with your kids. And then we had great conversations and buy-in from parents saying, okay, how can I help them do this? What, what things have you found? Our, our gym as a community started creating recipes and there was a, a recipe book, so to speak, that was going around the gym that people were passing around that they found their kids liked that contained good foods. That was a, a helpful way to, um, educate the parents and get some buy-in from families as well as having a like chili cook-off kind of concepts where, where we'd sort of have a competition for good, healthy food mm-hmm. and people would come in and we'd have baskets, donated baskets and raffles and things. And that really helped get parents on board because it's such an emotional thing when you talk about families and food and many, many people think of it in, in such a family connected, this is our tradition way that you don't want to take that away from them. That's very important to them, but you, you can move forward in 
maybe we can then prune out some carbohydrates here and add some protein here to make progress right. and start stepping, to get in, a better in front relationship. Of, in, stepping in front of everything that you just said is the idea that, that food has cultural significance and, mm-hmm. and familial significance. So culturally, like if you have a culture as a strong, like this is, this is how we eat as then, you know, when you, when you address that aggressively, you, you create problems for the parents. In the same way that a mom often shows love to, to a child, like she, I'm cooking because this is what the child loves. I'm cooking this. And then you're taking, they hear that as you're taking that away from them. So mm-hmm. being aware that there's, that the idea of nutrition is so a riff with all of these emotional things, you have to approach this with, with delicate hands. And secondly, understanding that if a child, let's say a child is a little bit overweight, the first thing the child, the parent hears is you're not doing a good job with your child. So understanding mm-hmm. that my first thing with coaches would be when you're talking to parents, understand that these, the, this whole discussion is like a minefield. So you want to approach it in this, in this way that like, look, we're doing this globally talking to these, that's, that's where I was going with this is. This idea then of having a global discussion about nutrition, about how you can do these things. It all comes back to whether you're communicating with the child or the, the parent, it comes back to approaching it with education, right? Like, hey, here's, here's some fact, here's some hard fact. And that kind of removes the emotion out of it. And if we start from the ground up and utilize that base build boost model, it's really, really difficult then to fall into any of those emotional, you know, cultural family type traps where it is a minefield, right? Like if we approach it and go like, Hey, here's, you know, a handout. This is what we talked to the kids next week. We're going to have the parents sit in on our discussion, but this is what we talked about. And it's like chicken is a protein steak is a protein, you know, (laughs) and we have some hard fact on those, on those documents that we hand them. And it's all just education based around what food is. And then we start to move to, Hey, this is how often we should eat these foods because of these reasons. And then, you know, later on down the line, way later on down the line, we start talking about controlling the quantity of those foods. You, you kind of steer right around those, those, those traps. So some ideas on how to add more protein or how to remove some fat or those kinds of things according to the development later on. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And that's it, guys. That's a U18 topic on nutrition. We're going to revisit this topic later on and give you guys more ideas on how to provide food inside of the context of your classes and give you guys more ideas as coaches on how to further that education and move forward quickly. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.